There are more than 300 episodes of Listen to Sleep, all available for free because of the generous support of our sponsors. And while you'll never hear any ads after the story or meditation starts, you can get every episode ad-free, plus over 100 bonus episodes, all for less than the price of one cup of coffee a month by going to listentosleep.com and clicking on support. Thank you. Hi, I'm Eric, and this is Listen to Sleep. Slow, quiet stories to help you fall asleep. Every week, I read a great story from the public domain. Some classics, some forgotten. I read slowly and quietly, so you can enjoy the story, or just nod off to fall deeply asleep. I've spent the extra time that I've spent at home these past couple weeks adding some new things to the podcast. You may notice little changes over the episodes in the upcoming weeks, and I'm creating a lot of new content for the patron program at patreon.com slash listen to sleep. Along with over 10 hours of relaxing nature sounds I've recorded here at the cabin, I'm making sleepy shorts short stories that are perfect for kids and adults, great for bedtime, nap time, or break time. They're mostly focused on children's stories, and they're shorter than the stories I do here. I'm also making some very relaxing mixes of 3D nature recordings and quiet music. They're perfect for yoga, meditation, or just drifting off to sleep on the nights you don't feel like a story. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. I want to thank the two gents, both named Joe, who became patrons this week. Your support allows me to put more time into helping more people get more sleep. And I very much appreciate all of your support. Again, if you want to check it out, go to patreon.com slash listen to sleep or look in the show notes for a link. Now. Let's take a deep breath. Let it out. Settle in, get cozy, and just enjoy the story while I read to you. If you find yourself getting tired or nodding off in the middle, it's okay to let yourself fall asleep. You can always just pick up where you left off tomorrow night. I'm really glad you're here. Tonight's story is an old Scandinavian tale of loss and redemption by Bjornstjerna Bjornsson. It's called The Father. The man whose story is here to be told was the wealthiest and most influential person in his parish. His name was Thord Uvaras. He appeared in the priest's study one day, tall and earnest. I have gotten a son, said he, and I wish to present him for baptism. What shall his name be? Finn, after my father. And the sponsors? They were mentioned and proved to be the best men and women of Thord's relations in the parish. 
Is there anything else? inquired the priest and looked up. The peasant hesitated a little. I should like very much to have him baptized by himself, said he, finally. That is to say, on a weekday? Next Saturday, at twelve o'clock noon. Is there anything else? inquired the priest. There is nothing else, and the peasant twirled his cap as though he were about to go. Then the priest rose. There is yet this, however, said he, and walking toward Thord, he took him by the hand and looked gravely into his eyes. God grant that the child may become a blessing to you. One day, sixteen years later, Thord stood once more in the priest's study. Really, you carry your age astonishingly well, Thord, said the priest, for he saw no change whatever in the man. That is because I have no troubles, replied Thord. To this, the priest said nothing, but after a while, he asked, What is your pleasure this evening? I have come this evening about that son of mine, who is to be confirmed tomorrow. He is a bright boy. I did not wish to pay the priest until I heard what number the boy would have when he takes his place in church tomorrow. He will stand number one. So I have heard, and here are ten dollars for the priest. Is there anything else I can do for you? inquired the priest, fixing his eyes on Thord. There is nothing else. Thord went out. Eight more years rolled by, and then one day a noise was heard outside of the priest's study, for many men were approaching, and at their head was Thord, who entered first. The priest looked up and recognized him. You have come well attended this evening, Thord, said he. I am here to request that the bans may be published for my son. He is about to marry Karen Storleden, daughter of Gudmund, who stands here beside me. Why, that is the richest girl in the parish. So they say, replied the peasant, stroking back his hair with one hand. The priest sat a while, as if in deep thought, then entered the names in his book without making any comments, and the men wrote their signatures underneath. Thord laid three dollars on the table. One is all I am to have, said the priest. I know that very well, but he is my only child. I want to do it handsomely. The priest took the money. This is now the third time, Thord, that you have come here on your son's account. But now I am through with him, said Thord. Folding up his pocketbook, he said farewell and walked away. The men slowly followed him. A fortnight later, the father and son were rowing across the lake, 
one calm, still day, to Storleden to make arrangements for the wedding. This thwart is not secure, said the son, and stood up to straighten the seat on which he was sitting. At the same moment, the board he was standing on slipped from under him. He threw out his arms, uttered a shriek, and fell overboard. Take hold of the oar, shouted the father, springing to his feet and holding out the oar. But when the son had made a couple of efforts, he grew stiff. Wait a moment, cried the father, and began to row toward his son. Then the son rolled over on his back, gave his father one long look, and sank. Lord could scarcely believe it. He held the boat still and stared at the spot where his son had gone down, as though he must surely come to the surface again. There rose some bubbles, then some more, and finally one large one that burst, and the lake lay there as smooth and bright as a mirror again. For three days and three nights, people saw the father rowing round and round the spot, without taking either food or sleep. He was dragging the lake for the body of his son. And toward the morning of the third day, he found it, and carried it in his arms up over the hills to his guard. It might have been about a year from that day, when the priest, late one autumn evening, heard someone in the passage outside of the door, carefully trying to find the latch. The priest opened the door, and in walked a tall, thin man, with bowed form and white hair. The priest looked long at him before he recognized him. It was Thord. Are you out walking so late? said the priest, and stood still in front of him. Ah, yes, it is late, said Thord, and took a seat. The priest sat down also, as though waiting. A long, long silence followed. At last, Thord said, I have something with me that I should like to give to the poor. I want it to be invested as a legacy in my son's name. He rose, laid some money on the table, and sat down again. The priest counted it. It is a great deal of money, said he. It is half the price of my guard. I sold it today. The priest sat long in silence. At last, he asked, but gently, What do you propose to do now, Thord? Something better. They sat there for a while, Thord with downcast eyes, the priest with his eyes fixed on Thord. Presently, the priest said, slowly and softly. 
I think your son has at last brought you a true blessing. Yes, I think so myself, said Thord, looking up, while two big tears coursed slowly down his cheeks. Good night.